Are you excited that uh, Dr. Dre's The Chronic is back on streaming? I didn't know it was gone. You're listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast. And today, Bacos Plus One comes to us from the Talk To Me podcast, as well as the top-rated NFL podcast, Slobber Knockers. We're talking about Josh Toomey. Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and today I am very excited because my plus one is Dolly Parton's boob wrangler, Josh Toomey. Josh, uh, welcome to the pro. Welcome back. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm here like every other week at this point. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll touch on that in a second. Um, the boob wrangler, though, that's largely just mopping up the under under tit sweat, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. You know, you got to make sure that they're, they're they're plump, you know, and kind of poofed up a little bit. And uh, uh, you know, just like just like a push-up bra, you know, I kind of gotta I gotta put them in and kind of up, you know, like in and up, you know. So I just I just got to make sure that they look good. And you know, sometimes you got to hit them with a little bit of a little bit of powder, a little bit of makeup to make sure that they look good on camera. But other than that, I mean, it's a tough job, but uh, somebody has to do it. Anyway, uh, save me a towel, please. Oh, that, those are actually on my private uh, OnlyFans uh, account. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you right. that link later. Well, yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I hesitated on reaching out to you just because we've been doing the weekly slobber knockers every week. And uh, and so when I was kind of going through my mental Rolodex on who I was going to bring in for a guest, if I was even going to record one this week, and then the Rock Hall nominees dropped, and I'm like, well, That'd be a good topic, but if I'm going to do that, I have to do it with you. Uh, we, we started uh, that trend. We haven't done it in a, in a few years, but uh, um, uh, yeah. going back to the early days of Cobras and Fire. So, yeah, this is a little old school for us. So for anybody tuning in to hear our sage discussion about the Rock Hall, it's going to be towards the end of the, the program uh, if you feel like skipping ahead. But why would you? I mean, you're going to miss out on gold like this next topic I have for you. <laughs> uh, All right. I, I don't know if this is just a sign that you know, as you get older and and you you, you kind of turn more into like a father figure or or an ad, an adult, if for lack of a better word. But uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, um, but I I counter this one a little bit. Now I'll get into it in here in just a second because I'm also a bit of a foodie. I'm a guy, especially when it comes to fire and meat. You know that that's my zone. I, I'm like what I'm getting as I don't bake cookies. I, I'm not really a pastry chef, but boy, you, you okay. get me near, you know, some flame and give me some piece of hog or cow and I'm hell gonna, yeah. 
So, yeah, as manly as it can be. Anyway, I'm at, <laughs> I, 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 I don't bake no cookies. You give me a roast here's or give the, me a fucking piece of meat, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat the fucking cookie. I just won't bake it. <laughs> <laughs> and largely because I can't. I'm, I'm a, really not a very good baker. I've, I've given her hell. But uh, So here, here's my dilemma, Josh. I'm at the local grocery store, and I'm in the my favorite section, which is either barbecue sauces or the the butcher. And so I'm in the butcher area, and they have um, these uh, butcher ground up, like they ground on premises, 10-pound tubes of hamburger. Now, we all are dealing with the crunch of food costs right now, and there's a sign above it that says hamburger, $2.29 a pound, which is an amazing price right now. And I got a freezer. If you're going to sell me 10 pounds of it for that, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking probably load up the car. But <laughs> okay. the problem was the tubes were actually priced to more what we're used to, like about four ninety nine or something like that. And it was eighty five fifteen, so it's a pretty decent uh, um, you know, grind of, of beef, however you want to look at that. Here, so I, I I asked the butcher for clarification, and um, and I said, you know, there, there's, I'm just not sure. Do I get that price? Because sometimes they'll do sales, and when they ring the thing up, it rings up at the lower price. So I just right, right. I got so, you. I so got I was you. clarifying that, and the, the guy comes out and looks at, it and he's like, yeah, that sign's wrong. Um, and I'm like, all right, no worry about it. And he's like, well, how much did you want? And I'm like, well, I wasn't really looking for hamburger. I just saw a ten pound thing, and he's like, I'll give you ten pounds for that price. And so he did it, and like about two or three minutes later, we're just carrying on with our shopping, right? And I realized that like my mood <laughs> drastically elevated because of my ten pounds of hamburger for twenty three bucks or whatever it came to, and I'm like, that's kind of ridiculous that getting a good deal. <laughs> On hamburger, it's like, you know, where's the guy that's, you know, making promises that he can't keep to a woman at 2 a.m.? You know what I mean? What, uh, I'm I'm jumping on stage. I'm hurting myself. You know what I mean? Uh, now I'm just pushing around at 8 a.m. at a grocery store all fired up over 10 pounds of hamburger, Josh. What, what do I do? Oh, I think maybe he might be a Cobras and Fire listener or a, fa- a an older fan of uh, Jesus Chrysler that's just like, I'm hooking my bro up. There you go. No, yeah, that'd be awesome, man. If I'm gonna g- read the guy at all, I think because like I wasn't like one of those customers. Like, oh, it says two twenty nine. Look, man, I, right. I, I, I'm not trying to call. I just like it. anyway. So I think he might have given me a deal because because I wasn't clearly wasn't looking to you know make a make a a scene. What's an old man thing for you? Do you have those yet? I mean, I know you just did a a killer reunion show with your band. Um, mm-hmm. Are you still riding high in the rock star vibe? But you know, you are a father. You actually have kids. You know, day to day that you're dealing with. Ours are grown and gone. Um, I don't know, man. I'm 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 trying to think like on the fly here on a uh, on a dad thing that I, I I I've caught myself. All right, here's one. I think I've caught myself doing my. I have. I'm turning into my dad each day like because my dad's a big like when he walks by you he'll like kind of hit you a little bit you know or like you know give you a rough you up a little bit yeah and now i'm starting to just hit my son for no reason when i walk past him i'm like i'll give him a little little watch here and there and he's just like dad that hurts i'm like i don't know what's happening i'm turning into my dad (laughs) so 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 that's my my old man uh the thing i'm turning into over here that's valid did you ever like find yourself like alone you know worried that you're a traitor to your own code <laughs> uh i mean i thought about it because i mean it, it drives me nuts when he does it so i know i and i can't stop it so yeah, like yeah. it's just like involuntary like 
you know, they walk by my arm starts just hitting my son, like give him a couple, you know, some noogies or, or a punch in the arm, you know, like, hey there, boy. <laughs> yeah. You know. Now, now, my son-in-law, he's never really had that um, hanging out with bros kind of thing. So uh, with him, every now and then, I'll, I'll toss in a cup check, you know, like tap him in the, the dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, the first time I did it, it was like he had no idea. What, was, what, is, what is this? What is this? Like, but now he... Uh, He'll, he'll slap one back every now and then, uh, but go. but he had a vasectomy a couple of months ago, and uh, it, uh, apparently it's no longer a thing we can do. Uh, yeah, at least he, he's using that. So <laughs> he didn't really get a vasectomy, but he told you he did, so so that you would stop touching his nuts. Yeah, would you tell your dad <laughs> to stop hitting my dick? <laughs> I mean, I don't mind going over there for Christmas. I mean, he does really good Christmas gifts, but Jesus, <laughs> man, tell him to lay off the nuts. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm just trying to like you know give him that experience that he missed out on, of guys. <laughs> He's like, I don't think I missed out on anything. Um, there you go. Uh, Pantera, I don't know if you heard, they're they're doing a reunion tour. They're they're back, baby. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, the 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 band from like the '90s, Pantera. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but guess uh, I I sent you this when I, when I saw it. I should actually pull it up, but uh, I I got quite amused that one person in particular you know there's been debates like should they shouldn't they do you support it do you not but one guy in particular uh let me see if i can still find it here uh shouldn't be a surprise to anybody but paul stanley was all for it oh yeah uh, yeah <laughs> good to see a band carry on without two of the members something like that he, he said in his tweet and i'm like it, it reminded me when the he he shared a tweet of like praising the eagles for going on even though they only have two of the original members yeah. it's just like oh god you know now you're you're getting that i don't know I mean, Paul Stanley would 100% be, you know, if you have the main singer and the bass player, that's all you need. Yeah. Like, you, you know, get a get a second, you know, get a, a fill-in lead guitar player to fill-in drummer. That's, I mean, in in Paul Stanley's eyes, you only need the singer and the bass player to have, you know, uh, to be able to call yourself the band. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, he owns the name. If those guys, they that's sold right. it. They sold their makeup, man. <laughs> it's their own fault. They're so stupid, Ace and Peter. You know, uh, yeah. Look, I, I, I don't want to have a serious discussion. I just think sometimes maybe certain people should check themselves a little bit. Maybe I'm not the right guy, even though I might actually feel like <laughs> you know, like this. You know, it's just like when he he sees a little tone deaf. Like he, two years, almost three years now. Actually, it is three years. Or, no, it's a good solid two years. But the, the Dubai New Year's Eve debacle, everybody who spent a thousand bucks hasn't got their shit. And that yeah. guy goes on vacation and, and, and posts it on Instagram in Dubai and doesn't think anything of it. But anyway. Yeah, that's that's a rough one. I don't, I don't know if you have this on your list or not, but obviously Ozzy retiring, uh, a big deal. But the, the part of the Ozzy retirement that, that you will love is the fact that the tickets for this Ozzy tour that they – uh, are now canceling and I guess refunding were sold five years ago. Like, no, it's just it's just crazy that the the uh, you know basically people have been sitting on these tickets for five years and they're just now getting a refund. And Ticketmaster the whole time has been you know just having that money in the bank just in case. You know they they, mm -hmm. they want to hold on to it for you. Yeah, that was a sleazy thing. We covered that 
you know, because he postponed it at least two times, and in the last time he postponed it in 2021 to go into yeah. 2023. By postponing, he didn't have to refund tickets. They can collect uh, interest on 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 this pile of money and still turn a profit, even though they never fucking sold. Actually, had a show. Uh, yeah, we, we've we covered that on uh, just extensively. I assumed we were going to get into it a little more when we, we talked this Sunday, but uh, yeah, you know what? And uh, with that, I, 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 Tom Brady and him retiring on the same day was kind of fun. Uh, tough. But uh, <laughs> Ozzy was like, I, I'm like, honestly, I'm like, what the hell's taking you so long, man? I guess you know, I give him credit. He was trying to you know do, get some surgeries and work his way back but you know he's in his 70s and you know i mean he's he hasn't looked great before he hurt his back so yeah it's just it's a weird thing he says he can sing fine still i don't know maybe doing some black sabbath record or i don't know <laughs> yeah i think he'll continue to churn out records and even after he dies a bit unreleased aussie tracks you know yeah. sharon will keep it going yeah, yeah, she'll she'll find a way. Um, I, I did hear I can't, who was it? Oh, Doc McGee was interviewed on Podcast Rock City, and uh, although I don't know why I'm giving those guys a plug, they're just jerks yeah. to me. Just <laughs> beep that out. Uh, <laughs> anyway, just kidding, guys. Uh, but yeah, Doc McGee, he was talking about like he was you know, towing the company line. You look whatever, but he was talking about like yeah, that's why we never got into NFTs and stuff. You know, Kiss is always about giving you something and, and delivering it. And I'm like. Of course, these guys aren't going to ask him about the Dubai thing then. Really? Really? Uh, if I bought an <laughs> NFT, at least I'd have it, right? Uh, I bought a $1,000 jacket, DVD, Blu-ray, and a vinyl uh, and never got it. So what's up, Doc? <laughs> so, <laughs> supply chain, man. I mean, it's just the supply chain. You know, COVID really messed everything up for everybody. So just, just give them a break, man. Everybody just hold tight. Paul Stanley recently tweeted that he's on it, so... I'm sure those guys don't give a fuck. I was gonna make a I make a Bean Town joke, but that's the uh, shouted out loud cast, not podcast Rock City. Sure, I got yeah, the, you make it anyway. The, Who the cares? wrong, the wrong pun, uh, the wrong kiss name, pun <laughs> the wrong show. kiss podcast. <laughs> yeah, they they're, they're starting to do a, a side cast because they're even they're sick of talking about kiss. (laughs) 
Uh, well, here's something we definitely won't be covering on, on a normal Cobras and Fire show. I don't know if you heard this, but there's a priest who claims that he died and visited hell where the demons tortured him w- by singing uh, Super Bowl halftime performer for 2023, Rihanna, to him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's in Scripture. If uh, if you turn your page to uh, Corinthians 2.38, uh it does talk about, you know, one of the uh, seven gates of hell is the Rihanna room. Um, so now that's just coming to re- <laughs> to re- realization. So now uh, you got to deal with it, Baco. I have the King James the second version. And in that one, it's Beyonce is the uh, that, that ring of hell or circle of hell. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, if I was going to be tortured, that's what they would be playing is that nonsense that she calls music. So. Which one, Rihanna or Beyonce? Beyonce. Rihanna has a, you know, like she at least seems to have like a pop sensibility to what she does. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I can listen to a little Umbrella or SOS, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, although I got to tell you, they both not bad looking, to, not not too much. To, <laughs> they're both pretty nice to look at with the mu- the volume on mute or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. The um, One of the sports talk guys, they were talking about... Uh, random people they've seen on Super Bowl on uh, on a radio row the other day okay. and one of the guys just like went on this 10 minute tirade about how beautiful Beyonce was in person like he he said he was <laughs> like just truly stunned and like stopped and like you could just tell like she was beautiful I was like wow all right there mm-hmm. you go I think she, she uh, as far as a, a presentation, by the way, I do, I, I, she's very attractive, but uh, she is, her face is backing tracks of, of looks. It's a lot of work put in there and it's a lot of pain. <laughs> the backing track of looks. <laughs> There's been a lot of enhancements, if you know what I'm saying. A little, she's the auto tune of looks. If there you, you go. If you feel in my drift. <laughs> she, she's all right, but you know, she's in their 40s and she's got kids. Not really my thing. <laughs> I don't need right, no well, clinging vines. <laughs> uh, all right, well let's uh, let's uh, do the the misogynistic thing since since I set it up there. Uh, a or B, which one you taking? If you can only get uh, get one, Rihanna or uh, Beyonce? Ooh. Rihanna or Beyonce? I'm gonna have to look up Rihanna real quick here. Let's all right, because I, yeah. I, I know she's a she's a good looking lady. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm gonna go with Rihanna. I think Rihanna over Beyonce. I think Rihanna. Rihanna also has a little bit of a sense of humor too. You know, she had the the, the good SNL skits and things like that. So, I'll, I'll take. I'll, I'll hang out with Rihanna and I'll take Rihanna in this one. Fair enough. I'll. Uh, I, that would also be my choice. I'll, I'll have a cup of coffee with her somewhere. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're two married men. I don't know oh, really where we. That's all I was talking about. Like just had meeting, talking music, you know. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm totally. I mean, plus, well, if we're talking music, yeah, definitely Rihanna probably. Or, the what the hell is Beyonce going to say? I mean, she, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like you're speaking a different language to me. What uh, instruments? Uh, yeah. So. Mm. You're gonna ru- rustle the beehive again, Jay. You're gonna ru- get this, get this, get this boy out of my face. <laughs> you know that's my goal, buddy. I want it. Bring it on, Beehive. I'm a. I love internet trolling. So fuck it. Come at me, bitches. <laughs> I, I assume they're all bitches. Uh, <laughs> wow. The alert just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you calling a bitch? All right, I'm gonna pull up another story here because I'm so prepared. Rick Astley, the uh, the Rick Roll, uh, has become f- more famous than his actual career. Uh, but yeah, he had the song in the 
late 80s, never going to give you up. Uh, and he's got kind of that deep crooner singy voice. When, when he got all the attention on MTV, I thought, like, he's just a weird-looking guy, weird-sounding, his music. I don't know why it's popular, but uh, it, it did all right. He is suing a rapper named Young Gravy, um, and he has hired the same lawyer that uh, won the uh, the case for the um, oh uh, the Marvin Gaye family against uh, that, uh, what's that song called? The Robin Thicke tune? Um I know what you're talking about, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. It, 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 it basically, it was a, a, a. I thought that one was pretty obvious. It was a pretty blatant ripoff of uh, um, uh, "Got to Give You Up" by. It was what was Marvin Gaye's band? Was it? That's not, I'm going to say the Temptations, but that's Lionel Richie, I think. The California Raisins. Yeah, there we go. The the California Raisins. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, he's hired that same attorney because he must have a good track record. But this one's a little sticky to me. Uh, basically, he's claiming that the guy, Young Gravy. Uh, stole his voice by interpreting it too spot on. And that is a copyright infringement. Now, where it gives a little credence to the, the whole thing, because, it, I mean, what is, what, is, what is Journey? Does Steve Perry sue the, the Filipino guy they got, you know, basically <laughs> right. mimicking him? I mean, this this has been done before. But uh, the one thing is that, like, apparently this this guy, Young Gravy, love the name, by the way, uh, he he tried to get just full on sample uh, rights to use it, but they, they said you can, if you want to record your own version, that's okay. But we don't want to give you the the option to actually just sample that part. So he clearly wanted the sound of Rick Astley right. in the song. This one, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that this one gets too far. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, to to try to sue somebody for um, mimicking your voice or whatever. Um, this has actually happened before. Not the not the imitation part. Um, the Ghostbusters theme had an issue with that. Oh uh, right, uh, God! LC brought that up on the show one time. What's the uh, who are you gonna call? Was uh, oh God, <laughs> uh, Ray Parker Jr. Um, was the Ghostbusters theme stolen from Huey Lewis? Is the issue here? But yeah, I guess they uh, the Ghostbusters approached Ray Parker Jr. asked him to come up with a song that included the name of the film. But was rather simply otherwise. They played uh, Huey Lewis's "I Want a New Drug" for Parker as an example of the sound they wanted, and apparently Parker just lifted the baseline <laughs> guitar riff almost deliberately, and uh, uh, they settled out of court. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I remember when Elsie uh, brought that up, and yeah. I was like, "No, I never heard that. I would have heard all about that." I didn't, and then I played him in my head. I'm like, "There's nothing there." And then we play him back to back on the show, and I'm like. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, so give give them credit for at least like uh, you know tricking you know thirteen year old me at the time, whatever how right? old I was. So you're like uh, whatever, man. Ghostbusters rules. Yeah, Lee Lewis. Like, old news. Well, that that song "I Want a New Drug" was edgy for the time. Like I, I, the radio stations and MTV wouldn't play it like during the day. Had to be at right. night. Um, and like there was this, I don't know, there's probably more myth than you know, when you're back, then you hear all these stories. But it's like they wanted the record company said, You have to call it a want a new drug called love, but Huey refused. So <laughs> I don't know, that's most likely it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Good luck to Rick Astley. Uh, he seems like an affable guy. I, I don't know. I, I know he joined uh, the Foo Fighters one time to play Never Gonna Give You Up. I thought that was a fun listen. So was it that oh, like never gonna give you up over smells like teen spirit that's what it was weird. yes yeah, yeah it was really cool <laughs> oh hey on that dad did you happen to catch our last episode did uh, i played a little bit of uh chris cornell doing the u2 song yeah, one I with did, the lyrics I didn't like that really i, like I that thought it was really all. cool yeah. I, I think maybe if i had just stumbled across it i might have liked it but you you sold it and i was like oh this is gonna be awesome and then i listened i was like eh. no, yeah. i mean lot, it was no. it was clever but you know. <laughs> like, chris, chris cornell yeah yeah i Speaker on. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Like that. Peas. See, I'm doing a lot of pop music with you today. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, a lot of this, though, you, I'm sure you can call music. But the Black Eyed Peas are also involved in their own lawsuit. They are, <laughs> they're suing something called Poopsie Slime. Poopsie Slime Surprise over their song, My Humps. They're, they're suing the makers of a pooping unicorn toy <laughs> <laughs> for ripping off their song, My Pumps. My Humps. Uh, and uh, basically, they're saying that this, this pooping unicorn... <laughs> This pooping unicorn has a song called Sparkling Slime, and it just sounds too much like my humps. Now, if I can find both, I'll put them both in here. But. seem almost perfect that uh, the copyright infringement of the Black Eyed Peas is a pooping unicorn. 
<laughs> you got that boom, boom, pow. Uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm looking it up now. These these uh, <laughs> unicorns look pretty. I actually might have to get a few of these for the studio, man. The Poopsie Slime Surprise Unicorn Dolls. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> the slime surprise uh, the, too is the poop. That's a, that's amazing. The suit oh. alleges that my poops, a song performed in a video by MGA Entertainment's Poopsie Slime Surprise Dolls, rips off my humps. So yeah. Uh, hey, you know if if you're gonna rip off something, you might as well rip off the black eyed peas. That's, <laughs> that's what I always say. It's like ripping off poison. <laughs> are are the black eyed peas the poison of uh pop hip hop? Hundred percent, yes. Just okay. all flash, glitter, and no talent. Um, although I, you know what, I never really. It's probably gonna surprise you, Josh. I'm not a big. I've never dug deep on the black eyed peas music. When I did hear Fergie on that Slash solo album, I was pretty impressed that she, with her vocal range on uh, on on the tune she did. That said, um, yeah, I mean, what Will I Am is is basically the Black Brett Michaels. It's like just you know, him and uh, who's the Fuji's guy? That dude is just a Wycliffe. John. Wycliffe, yeah, just ah, yeah. I was a big fan of Wycliffe. I was a big fan of the Fuji's. All right, fair enough. I'm calling Wycliffe out specifically. Although, what's uh, Lauren Hill? That yeah. record, that that solo album she did, uh, it, it is very much reminding me of uh, Arrested Development, who uh, I got into. But uh, all I remember is that they both had huge records, both won a lot of Grammys, and both never did another thing ever again that anybody paid attention to. And both of their albums were just found in used CD racks within about a year. Like, just here's 50, 50 copies of it. So, um, but yeah, I, there, were, there were definitely a many, a, many a used CD store with way too many copies of certain albums. I remember I worked at, uh, I worked at a used record store in Nashville for a while. And yeah, there were, there was definitely lists of albums like, do not buy any more Hootie and the Blowfish, you know, Crack <laughs> Review, or, you know, Green Day Dookie, I think was on that list. I mean, there was a bunch of CDs that were like, if this CD comes in, you do not buy it. Jagged Little Pill from uh, Alanis oh, Morissette. Yeah, yeah but I, I suppose if you, you know, it's a sign of success. If you sold enough records, they're going to end up in a in a record bin somewhere. You know, someone gets desperate, or you know, a lot of those are just basically people who stole them and then want to get a few bucks. So, yeah, that was always like if you if you see anybody come in with albums that that are like in different genres, but they all have the same. They all start with the letter C. They're probably stolen. <laughs> 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 I was thinking even like uh, janky or just like at somebody's house just grabbing their fucking, you know, breaking into a car to, to yeah. take the CD oh, yeah, wallet. We, yeah, we would have. That was that was definitely in the time of the big CD booklet and people would try to sell the CD booklet. And like, you can't do anything with the CD booklet. I need the actual. <laughs> I got to sell it to my good friend Baco who loves physical media. Yeah, exactly. I got to have the whole package. Yeah, I saw the CD. The music on it's worthless. I'd need the whole package. I still have a CD wallet. It is, it is almost all burned CDs though. Um, oh my god! Yeah. Well, I'm going to go through your CD wallet and I'm going to call all the bands in there and tell them that <laughs> Baco at wherever I've got your address over here yeah, somewhere. Okay. I'm going to tell them where you live, and they'll be like, "He has a burnt CD. He didn't pay a single dime for your album." Mm, yeah, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these are are just uh, samplers or mix CDs I made for myself. Mm, yeah, but where did you get the music to begin with? <laughs> Bought it. <laughs> All right, 
Touche. Uh, come on, <laughs> who has a CD wallet filled with mix CDs? That's kind of sad. No, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you, maybe you were a stud back in the day, and they're all mix CDs made by the ladies Ooh. that are trying to <laughs> woo you. you know? Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of that happening, man. <laughs> Every day, another CD. <laughs> Check this out yeah. and think of me, Baco. Here's uh, another one. Throw it in the back seat. Just. Whoa. Well, it normally wasn't ladies for some reason. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> well, one thing about burnt CDs, Josh, that I can tell you is it was a lot of fun, a lot of great memories with doing that, but burning them makes you thirsty. And I, and for my money, when I'm thirsty, I reach for hard Yoohoo. Hard Yoohoo is that same brown water-looking beverage you've been afraid to try because how can something that looks like chocolate milk made with water taste any good? But now with that extra kick, only booze can give you. After a long day at work, or, or maybe you just mow the lawn and it's a hot sunny day, or maybe you just need something to settle the shakes enough to operate your TV remote. Whatever the occasion, Hard Yoohoo is the perfect beverage. Hard Yoohoo is made for the discerning drinker. The type of drinker who looks around the liquor store and thinks, I need at least one more way of getting drunk. So when you go hard, go hard with Hard Yoohoo. Sold wherever you can find Four loco. Delicious. Well, man, I, uh, Judas Priest is now looking at feasible opportunities following the cancellation of the Ozzy Osbourne tour. Yeah, I, I forgot about that little nugget kind of tied to this whole thing. That was a uh, that was a big thing they got going on. Uh, is there anything going? What, what have they even teased? Uh, on Wednesday, February 1st, I'm reading this from uh, blabbermouth.net, a little website on the internet. Uh, Judas Priest released the following statement via social media. We send all our love and support to Ozzy and thanks our fans in the UK and Ireland, especially for your loyalty by standing with us. Right now, we're looking at feasible opportunities to see each other again soon and we'll post updates accordingly. Hmm. So that's, that is what you get from the Judas Priest camp. And I know everyone's bummed out from their... Uh, that would be a pretty sweet gig to see, Ozzy and Judas Priest, though. Be a nice little run. Agreed. Yeah, they did some dates, I think, just before COVID. But like you said, this this tour has been booked for five years. That's Not even Metallica will sell you tickets for a show five years from now. <laughs> They'll try. They will try. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, and Judas Priest is getting up there, too. I think uh, Halford's holding it together a little bit better physically than Ozzy right now, but... Uh, you gotta, there, there can't be much left in the tank on, on them either. Um, which, you know, it's understandable, whatever, but, uh, and they, they, have they, I told you my, uh, sorry, uh, have I told you my Deftones ticket story about with Ticketmaster and COVID no. and everything else? No. I, I, all right. So pre pandemic, my wife went before we were married, bought two tickets to see Deftones, Gojira, and I think Poppy. And this was pre COVID. So we, she bought the tickets on her credit card. So during all of this, COVID happens. She and I get married. She changes her last name. She gets a new credit card. Like, uh, I think she she might have even canceled the original. She canceled that card that those tickets were bought yeah. on, not thinking about it. So they announced that the tour has been canceled and automatically refunds will be given. Well, you can't refund to a card that doesn't exist anymore. So she calls Ticketmaster and they're like, oh, well, we refunded that money to that that thing. And then she calls the credit card company. Well, we don't have the money. So we've never had anybody give us, like, it was like $230 for two Oh, tickets. boy. And, and, it's just, and it's just out there in the ether. 
either because nobody because they're saying they refunded it to a card that doesn't exist and the card that doesn't exist you know couldn't get the money back and oh it's a mess wow yeah i bet you that happened a lot yeah and especially with this five years later yeah oh god yes yeah. uh just yeah it'll be refunded to your your point of purchase payment yeah who, who, yeah, who what no credit card has a five-year time on it right oh god i bet you a lot oh my i think we cracked the case here to me <laughs> we might have a class action lawsuit against ozzy oh that'd be awesome uh, sharon will we'll, we'll flush that <laughs> have you been affected by the ozzy osborne tour cancellation <laughs> The one thing about concert cancellations is it makes me hungry. Mm. And are you tired of the never-ending cycle of planning, shopping, cooking, and cleaning? Well, you can break free from the kitchen with Kroger's Delicious Rotisserie Chickens. With just one trip to our store, you'll have a perfectly roasted bird ready to be devoured in no time. No more slaving over a hot stove or doing the dishes for hours. Just grab a knife and a fork and enjoy a delicious, stress-free meal. So why waste your time and energy cooking when you can let Kroger do the work for you? Get your rotisserie chicken fixed today. Sounds delicious, uh, Josh. Uh, I'll make sure I head down to Kroger shortly after we're done recording here. retirement questions we kind of got back to the Ozzy thing there uh what are the chances Tom Brady uh replaces Ozzy in Ozzy Osbourne he's uh, he's unemployed yeah that would be pretty sweet <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady's Oz, or Tom Brady's Ozzy Osbourne experience <laughs> uh, I'm I'm in officially yeah uh uh, we'll get into this more on slobber knockers, but something tells me we're not done talking about Tom Brady possibly playing. <laughs> you got to think that he, I mean, he, he's he got to be retired, right? I mean, there's no way Ozzy's coming back. No, you know, there's but no you, way Tom Brady's coming back from this one. So <laughs> you get to July, you know, I've been doing this my whole life and uh, yeah. the Niners need a quarterback and what the fuck else am I doing? And the Niners sure the fuck are going to be calling him. Uh, so it, it's like Tom. It's it's Shan. Let's do well, there's this. A, there's a there's a team down in Tennessee that's coached by one of his best friends. So mm, Vrabes. You never know. 
Yeah. Rabes <laughs> gets him on the phone. Tom. Tommy boy. Yeah. Retirement hey, sucks. Boy. Yeah. Give us one year. We got to ditch this Tannehill guy. Get him out of here. No, oh my God. Um, yeah, well, we probably had enough sports talk to piss people off yep, for yeah. a, a plus one episode. All right, let's get to the headlining topic then. Uh, we are going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One of the first episodes you and I ever did together was for Cobras and Fire, kind of breaking down the nominees and all that good stuff. You had a nice little graphic there. You can pull it back up. It'd be make things a little slicker, I think. Otherwise, I have that exact same thing on my phone. I just don't have to look down as all. There you go. Very cool. All right. So the uh, the nominees you know came out, and um, basically we'll just go through them one by one, kind of share our thoughts and, and get into it a little bit. Uh, uh, but before we do that, how about, uh, you know, I probably should have given you a heads up, so I'll go first if you want to think about it a little bit. One or two omissions that aren't getting on this and, and not getting into the the whole nomination process that we think are deserve, deserving. It'd be fun to actually go back to, and listen to the, the first one we did because we did it then too. But the big one for me right now is Motley Crue. There isn't really any legitimate hair metal, and that was a, a legitimate scene. And I think if you pick one, it's got to be them. Um, and I... I I, I I stretch further, but I think really if I have a number two or three, it's, it's Slayer or the Misfits, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I said that in 2016 yeah. or whenever we did that. So how about how about on your end? Um, I'm trying to think because I th- I think I've said Pantera, I think I've said maybe Corn. I don't. I, I'm trying to remember who I've already said. Um, there's I'm a okay with both of those. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think like something off the top of my. I, it is. It's so weird for me, and and this actually goes back to football too. Is because it's like it's hard for me to to see like a Hall of Fame player. Like I mean, there's obviously some some shoe ins, but there's like those fringe guys that get in, and you're like, really, that guy got that was a Hall of Fame yeah. career. Like you, so so I think some of the bands. I'm like, you know, they they were good and all, but I don't know. But I I I think I'll uh, since I didn't say it the first go around, I think that you know. Glenn Danzig slash the Misfits should somehow be in the in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, okay. Um, I do think because uh, I, actually I should pull that up, but uh, the, the Hall of Fame has officially kind of changed what they consider the definition of, of rock and roll to be, and I think that kind of opens things up. It makes it harder for them to keep excluding the the hard rock and metal genre. If you're going to start pulling in Dolly Parton, even though she says I don't belong. Um, and, and it just, to me, it, it makes it more probably an easier path. I hope so anyway, for artists like, like, uh, Alice in Chains or the, the, the groups that we mentioned. So, yeah. um, with the, yeah, the rock and roll announcement was basically like rock and roll is a spirit. It's what drives young people. It's all these things. It's, it's basically a regurgitation of ice cubes come back to Gene Simmons a few years ago. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't give Ken Mills a lot of uh, credit for a lot of stuff on on the internet, if I ever have at all. But I think the one thing that he made clear was they they need to just change this to the Music Hall of Fame because you know calling it Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that kind of uh, you somehow pigeonhole yourself. But then also yeah. you're okay. Oh, you're okay with like like what is rock and roll? What is not rock and roll? And you know, and and obviously like Iron Maiden and uh, you know the Yardbirds are both consider rock and roll to people but they're very different type of music so very yeah very much 
I, my my personal definition, uh, it doesn't have to have contain all these elements, but at least some of it. Guitar, bass, drums. Uh, it, you have to. It, and then I, I guess also an actual live performance to some degree, but. I'm actually more in line with what you just said, though. Let's just change the name, and then we don't have to have this dumb discussion. You know what I mean? I mean, we can use that time to argue about a foul that LeBron James didn't get uh, called for him (laughs) fucking six days ago. You know, so anyway. uh, uh, The the correlation there for the listener, two stupid arguments. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into this. This list. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to call this the Stranger Things effect. Kate Bush. I'm, now, I do understand that she's been nominated before, but I have heard more about Kate Bush since her song blew up uh, on for being on Stranger Things than I had prior in my entire life. Uh, so, so basically the last six months I've heard more about her. And actually, there's probably about a three to four week period where that happened. I, you know, so... Yeah, it's a great song. Don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, even in the Stranger Things, I did not know who that was or what it was when they were playing it. So it wasn't like a, oh yeah, I remember that song. Like I had no, I had never heard that song in my life from from what I could tell. Um, yeah, kinda same. Went, same. You know, kind of went through the Kate Bush stuff today, listening to a little bit of it. Good song, you know, catchy tune, but uh, you know, not not for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a no on my end too. I don't even think it's close. It's just to me, I don't think any of the boxes are checked. <laughs> Influence success. Is there a drum in there? Oh god, uh, <laughs> that was a pretty good uh, Camaro laugh there. Um, all right, next up we have another woman, uh, Cheryl Crow, uh, a female, I should say. Uh, although I don't know, do we, we we're dancing on glass if we're throwing pronouns around? Uh, Cheryl Crow, what do you got here? This was one when I first saw it, I was like, no. But then, like, the more I looked at it, I'm like, maybe. Like this, this is like a, this is like a fringe offensive lineman. Yeah. That I'm like, I, I guess they did well. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, she's a Titans fan, so I'll give her that much. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> she's in the she's in the Toomey Hall of Fame. Oh, um, that's a win. Take that, Cheryl. But I, but I you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say no on her too. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm not feeling her for the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I like Cheryl Crow, and uh, her her record, The Globe Sessions, is it's 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 an all timer for me. I I still like to listen to it. Uh, I I don't have anything against her. I think she's extremely talented, but no, not not Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Next up is Missy Elliott, and I, I would she even make the hip hop Hall of Fame if they had one? <laughs> I, just, well, I don't, I don't is, understand well, this, this one, one at all. Well, this is one where I was like, I at first I saw it, and I was like, no, and then I like got into her, you know, like, I pulled up the music today and I was listening to it, and I was like, it was innovative at the time, and she was kind of she was behind the Moulin Rouge, uh, you know, getting all those girls together and like her her contributions to the to the music of that era we're pretty big and those uh that that this one's a fringe one for me honestly okay. uh, of all uh, so far of the uh, of the nominees you bring up a, an interesting point with her because she's you know she's a hip-hop rap artist I think a lot of times and this might be what's biasing me first of all not my cup of tea I, I don't go deep on it I don't hate it there's stuff there's yeah. uh, there's stuff that I like a lot and stuff that I don't like at all 
Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's very much like country music for me, where it's just like the, the things I like, I like, and the things I don't, I don't. It's but it's definitely not right. my 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 zone. So maybe that the, what you're getting at is that there's a lot more they do with hip hop in particular, though. It seems like so much of what they do is the image they put out there, which is you know. They could be these great masterminds who put stuff together, but when they talk about it, it's like, so I'm just saying, you you know when shit, you just get there and you do your thing and you get out there and you bam, you do, you know, and I'm doing a yeah. very bad example of it, but I'm like, at no time do they ever sound like anybody that's intelligent or has this big brain that knows how to put this thing together the way you're explaining it. And she's not the first person that I've thought that about because there's a, you know, a lot of hip hop artists, but you know, if if you listen to Dr. Dre talk or listen to like Eminem, you can see there's some depth to what they do and, and, and they don't sound like they're just a, a character in a, in a fucking, uh, uh, Def Jam movie. You know what I mean? It's just, it, and it could just be as simple as that. Like, uh, the too worried about image, what people like me see that that affects my perception. So, uh, but yeah, she's never, where I'm getting is that like, I don't remember her have, I remember her, yeah, yeah, but she was like that person that was in like Janet Jackson and like and she had a couple things of her own. But I saw her in MTV Cribs and I was like, how the fuck can you afford all this shit? You know, and it's just like <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so it's a, it's a no for me. But I uh, you, you've made at least a compelling argument that I think that maybe I would either have to do more digging to, to just be as blanket. I'm more comfortable after with Kate Bush and Cheryl Crow than I am commenting on Missy Elliott because I just don't know that much. You got to work it by Missy Elliott where she's like, you're from a different, yep, yep. Yeah. That was, that was, that was, that was some good stuff at the time. So yeah. I, will, I uh, disagree with that. <laughs> it was some stuff. Well, now one that's going to, you know, strike the irons, uh, Iron Maiden. Uh, this is their second or third nomination. They've been nominated before. Yeah. We've yeah we've debated Iron Maiden before. Okay. Uh yeah, put them in. I don't care. It's good. Yeah, they're in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly their influence on metal, and that's that's part of the issue is that like they've had success and they've had huge influence, and and they've spawned a generation of bands, and but it's just a, a genre that the rock hall largely ignores. So hopefully right. this is the year. This next one, though, man, uh, maybe you found something, but Joy Division and New Order, like, first of all, why are you lumping the two together? I mean, I know the connection, but like... Well, I I think this... I, honestly, I just figured it out because there's 15 nominees, and that just makes it 15. I don't think they're together. I just think that that's a really odd way to hmm. make the graphic. Really? <laughs> I, think, I think that's what it is because there's 15 nominees... So yeah, I'm but that there's, there's no way New Order gets in on their own. Yeah, uh, maybe it's the maybe we have hope with the whole Danzig slash Misfits thing. You're like yeah, uh, yeah, you lump them together, then we, we can get them in. But um, yeah, the Joy Division I think had the one record. Everybody loves the T-shirt. It's the 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 hip thing to to wear. And New Order, I just w- was the band carrying on after the the singer OD'd, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, maybe that's what happened. Are we going to um, put in fucking Sublime then? I mean, they had all their success after the singer died. I don't know. I'd vote for Sublime. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> funny you said the t-shirt thing because my uh, Joy Division notes here just says t-shirt Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? T-shirt Hall of Fame. 
100%. I don't know how many times I saw that T-shirt, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And then, right. like, when I finally found out, I was like, oh, all right, well, that's what it is. So Yeah, I li- you know, I listened to them today, too, and it's like one of those things uh, where, like, maybe I know what I'm, you know, maybe i just not putting two and two together on who Joy Division is. But, yeah, it was not good. What about George Michael? You got to have some thoughts here. I skipped over this Cindy was, Lauper. We'll go back to her. All right, yeah, we'll go back because uh, you got to go to the cream of the crop here. Um, you know, it's funny is that this is one where you're like George Michael now, but then you like I, I actually went through like ten George Michael songs today. <laughs> I'm like, hundred percent in. <laughs> Did you listen to Freedom? <laughs> that uh, Freedom. Yeah, and, that's uh, my jam. Oh man, just all the good stuff, man. Yeah, I was I I. I want I'm your sex. More, uh, father yes, figure. Yeah, yeah, father figure was on. I listened you ever to seen that, that movie, Keanu? Uh, I don't think so. It's the Key and Peele guys, uh, uh, and they're um, they have a cat that gets away, and they try to find it. Anyway, one of the and it turns into like this, you know, comedy of like getting hooked up with drug dealers and stuff. But one of the the side issues is that all these like tough drug dealer guys. One of the guys who's more like the suburban dad, he like yeah. uh, like starts playing them George Michael music and they start getting into it. But uh <laughs> Yeah. And then you've got Careless Whisper, Faith. Yeah. You know. So I think uh I, I think I'm a I'm a yes on George Michael. I think maybe make you know, it's like one of those baseball things where it's like you're gonna get in but just not right now. Uh make him wait a few more let him, let him get nominated a few more times and put him in. I mean, it's isn't not like... He, isn't he dead? <laughs> I was going to say, it's like he can't die again, so it's not like he's going to lose out on this. Uh, right. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually okay with it. Uh, you know, because he... And I, I actually really liked that that Freedom tune quite a bit. And, and I liked what... Because it was kind of weird that he basically said, I don't want to be MTV anymore. Here's my MTV video. Uh, it was just... It was a cool time. And also, that was a little bit... Uh, you know, a masturbatory video with all the the supermodels in it. I know, uh, Cindy Crawford. I can't remember all the names anymore, but uh, it was it was an enjoyable watch because he wasn't in it and they were.
back to Cindy Lauper. Uh, girls just want to have fun. This one for me, Josh. I'll I'll let you kind of go because I just no. I <laughs> um. I mean, girls just want to have fun. Time after time, hit True Colors. That's another smash. All on one record. She Bop. Still on the same record. Um, here's a song called The Goonies Are Good Enough. <laughs> and she once uh, had a bird poop in her mouth. So, hmm. Yeah, who hasn't? <laughs> you get in the Hall of Fame for that, I'd be in there five times. Right? Um, yeah. Oof. And she was... She was at like what WrestleMania two, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't uh, the father and the girls just want to have fun? Uh, uh, Lou Albano, Lou, Lou yeah, Albano, Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. Man, I'm gonna say no. Yeah. We, I, I, that's a, that's an I don't know. That's I'll give it that. How about I don't know? Sure, fair enough. Um, I do think she represents something interesting from like uh, 80s pop music that I think is missing nowadays, and that is 80s, the female voices were distinctive. You know, uh, they didn't all sound like, you know, one person. You know, you got like Pink and Kelly Clarks and that kind of the genre. So, uh, but that's just more me harking back to, you know, oh, oh, it was so much better in the 80s, Josh. <laughs> um, that said, the next one, Willie Nelson, what do you think here, man? Uh, 100% in. Yeah, how is he not already? <laughs> you know, as much as I like in the past, I've given up the ghost on complaining about whether or not this artist is is rock or not. Uh, yeah. uh, but even with that, Willie Nelson gets in. Uh, he's like a Johnny Cash kind of guy. You know, he, he's rocked yeah. enough, man. Yeah, I will say that you would, I I would, you would think that he would have more hits than he does because I've actually gone down the Willie Nelson rabbit hole probably within like the last six months. And I mean, he's really like a uh, you know. Obviously, he wrote crazy, but that's not he. Did, he didn't make it famous. You know, mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. And then uh, uh, you know, you're always on my mind. Things like, like there's a few songs, but it's not as many as you would think. Like like uh, you would you would assume that the you know Willie Nelson would just be hit after hit after hit. But really, it's not. Uh, it's not really like that. I think it's just more longevity, and yeah. everybody knows he loves the weed. <laughs> doesn't like to pay taxes. Yeah, uh, yeah. He uh, he was also in the Highwaymen. I think one yeah. of the few super groups uh, where basically everybody was a superstar. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, well th- th- that one's easy for both of us. It sounds like this next yeah. one. I'm guessing might be a little bit more debatable between the two of us. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, that's a tough one too. Like I mean, th- that's one where it, it's a little too close to home for me and i think yeah. you know i think we've debated them before too we have yeah and we th- and we thought they would get on more because of the time you know it was a little bit like not that the country's all hunky dory right now but at the time you know we were definitely you know in the middle of trump and everything yeah. else and, and the the country being splintered and in, in, in 37 different ways so i mean now right now it's only 36 different ways so <laughs> i mean <laughs> the stink on rage against the machine might not be as prevalent, but I mean, it's almost kind of the opposite of Willie Nelson. When you when you fall down the rage rabbit hole, you're like, man, that they're like hit after hit after hit, you know. And and my type of uh, musical love landscape landscape. See, for me, like the big things are either like that that giant moment or album or longevity 
or a combination thereof the two. So Rage Against the Machine to me, for them to be in, like they needed to have that Nevermind or Back in Black or, you know, uh, Appetite for Destruction, one of those just monster records. And they didn't. They had a lot of really, really successful records, but they only had like four or five. So if you, because like even Kiss really only gets in for about a three to four year period of the band, but that three to four year period cemented the career that they still are are using. Rage really can't say that. They had a short run and they never had that gigantic thing. So to me, yeah, they're they're borderline. They they deserve to be in the conversation. Tom Morello to me is you know right up there with Jerry Cantrell with one of the last guitar heroes. And so I I, I get it. And and he's also just a huge proponent of, of celebrating rock. Maybe put him in just because of the the positivity angle of it. Like why not? Yeah. But uh, I I my gut for me they just they they're they're not there. Yeah, I think they're they're almost kind of on par with Guns N' Roses with the first album as a classic, you know, the self-titled. And then Evil Empire Evil Empire is good. And then mm. there's Battle of Los Angeles, which is all right. Yeah. And then Renegades is they only have four albums. Yeah. But like that 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 debut album is That's is their biggest, but that still you know? didn't like, really yeah. quite reach even that that success of like Dookie. You know, for Green yeah. Day, you know, I mean, it was, it was, look, don't get me wrong. It was a big fucking record and it is great. Um, yeah. But it just didn't have that cultural, if you're going to have a, because sh- Guns N' Roses is basically in it, you know, like you can say they've been around forever, but really they're a five year band, but they yeah. had Appetite for Destruction. And I even think that Use Your Illusion probably made a bigger dent. Well, no, not, not, not in longevity. Uh, than the first rage, the rage, the first rage album, I think, still holds up amongst uh, casual listeners way more than the Use Your Illusion stuff does. But they might have sold more Use Your Illusions, but <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and this is one band I remember seeing on TV and uh, like fr- the Freedom video and just not getting it at all and thinking they are the worst band I'd ever seen in my life. And then all of a sudden, it clicked one day, and I'm like, oh. They're not the worst band in my entire life. They're actually really good. <laughs> the same. And then, yeah. So they 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 were a a a a slow burn for me. Like they weren't just like you know you watching you're watching TRL or or you know just something on on TV and all of a sudden you hear it the first time and you're you're a first day buyer and instantly go and buy everything and the t shirt the poster and everything else. But yeah, Rage was definitely a, I don't know about this one. And then one day you're like, wait a minute, Freedom Freedom is actually a pretty good song. <laughs> yeah, I it was years because it was before um, the, the the Los Angeles record, but it was after uh, Empire. Oh wow! That yeah. I heard Bomb Track with with clean ears. I should say I, I guarantee that song was played in, in my presence, but I just never clicked. And that was the track. That I'm like, wait a second, yeah. And then it kind of clicked. I saw them as a side stage act at Lollapalooza in '93. And I was yeah. just like, man, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I was very much like you're saying. I was like, I, I didn't like the image. I didn't like the sound. I didn't like the, the way it came across. And then one day it just kind of clicked. I'm still not a big Zach De La Roca uh, fan as far as his vocal styling, but at the same time, th- there's times that he does it, and it's just like, this is why he's perfect for this. So, yeah, uh, and that's more of a cup of tea thing. So I can't really hold that against him. But yeah, all right. Well, Soundgarden is uh, is an interesting one because uh, they kind of are almost exactly the same th- way I would describe Rage Against the Machine. A little longer career, a little more records, 
Uh, for me, I think this one gets a little bit of a nudge because of how important. You know, basically, we have like almost two big fours, the big four in thrash and the big four in in grunge. It's like undeniable. It's 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 easy, and and it, as much as people want to debate and talk about it, it's really not that debatable. Uh, so because of that, and because of how important that whole scene was, because even Rage Against the Machine kind of piggybacked on the grunge movement. Uh, Soundgarden, I think, probably deserves to get in. I don't know that they're going to get in. How about that? See, I think this one might be where you're too close to it to to see it. Could be. Um, but I mean. You know, they had Ultra Mega OK, Louder Than Love, which, you know, people rave about. And then, you know, the big ones like Bad Motor Finger and Super Unknown. And I guess even Down in the Upside was pretty big. But I mean, we are really only talking about two monster records. And, and again, yeah. I think very much how I described Rage's issue with, you know, it's like they they didn't have that. Never mind. They had yeah. I mean, Super Unknown was as close as they got. But that that seems to be on par with the first Rage. Soundgarden might get in just because of how great Chris Cornell is or was. Yeah. You know, like, and, and even even a career-spanning thing for Chris Cornell might get all lumped onto Soundgarden, and then I think that Soundgarden gets in just because Chris Cornell was in the band, like, that. if that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, the Audio Slave stuff, and then obviously the solo stuff, and, you know, his acoustic stuff and things like that might all sway the people to be like, oh, Soundgarden was great. But you know, when you when you look back at it, yeah, they I mean they had a pretty short run too. That that's actually a, an amazing point that, that you just made because like I, I as much as I want Soundgarden in there, I, I, I do see them as borderline. But when you said Chris Cornell, if you just said does Chris Cornell belong, I'm like, yes. Like not even right. a hesitation. I'm like and and that that that's kind of a weird dichotomy. I can't think of a another situation where I feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, like Chris Grinnell or Kim Thale, do you think he deserves it? You know, you're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know. Chris did all the heavy uh, lifting. He played a lot more guitar than he gets credit for. Yeah, not a, that's not a shot at Kim, but. What about Hiro Yamamoto? Oh, you got it. Well, uh, uh, how about that? If they get in, do they include Hero? <laughs> or is it just Ben Shepard? Uh, Does Ben Shepard still play his bass by his ankles? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, although, I mean, yeah. his back's got to hurt more than Dolly Parton's. But uh. <laughs> hey, yo, that's what you know. I'll I'll be his uh, back straightener upper guy too. Like I help out Dolly. There you go. Uh, well, yeah. That's a callback. Well, how about that? Can I get a towel with some Ben Shepard boob sweat on it? <laughs> <laughs> that is also my OnlyFans. Oh, OnlyFans. You know, one thing I can totally relate to is is OnlyFans. But something else I can relate to that a lot of us fellas can all relate to is erectile dysfunction. It can be a real mood killer when you're kind of getting into that moment. You know what I'm saying, fellas? So, But no more with the latest in ED treatment, Chubb. Made with mostly natural products, Chubb is there when you aren't. When I'm in that moment and not able to rise to the occasion, I just take one Chubb, apply the ointment, and wait seven hours, and then it's time to get it on. When it's time for love, you need Chubb. Rubber gloves are recommended when applying the ointment for, and for the following 48 hours. Taking shelf may result in some temporary long-term blindness. Some patients have reported anal leakage, hallucinations, and a constant taste of hot dog water. In rare cases, full body blistering has occurred. Colored urine and increased ear hair is considered natural and shouldn't be cause for concern. Ask your doctor about Dr. Chubb and go to chubb.com for a free sample. I will definitely be checking that out. <laughs> definitely. That's chubb.com. Can always, can always use some chubb. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we're getting to the the, the bottom of the list here. Um, I'm just <laughs> you can say whatever you want. I'm just say give it up on the spinners, man. Just move on. This is, this seems like the whole Rufus with Shaka Khan thing or Sheik, where they just come on, we got to get them in, got them in, guys. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I was looking at this. I, I did a lot of spinners research today. Hmm. They've only been nominated twice beforehand. Um, they. I was. This is one of those bands where I'm like, how are they not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at this point? <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, I was. I was completely blown away. I mean, like they, they've got some classic songs in the uh, in the old Spinners catalog. As I pull them up here, let me. Like, um, I mean, when you hear them, you're just like that. That is, clap. That's like that. I'll be. Uh, I'll be around. Working my way back to you. I mean, that is a that is a staple of uh, of, of of life. That's the know? that's the Bieber music of the '60s. Come on, I don't Putting know. Well, I mean, Garrett. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, I mean, what are you saying? Bieber's not going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He probably will. On. The way this shit's going. <laughs> I mean, I get it that it, you know it's it's. I, you and I are also over here debating, you know, did Soundgarden have enough records and, you know, they only had the one monster hit. So, I mean, I guess I'm kind of counteracting my, uh, yeah. you know, my my argument was saying that the Spinners have like three great songs and they should be in for those three great songs. But, you know, I, this is one of those if they had if they had gotten inducted in like 1986, you'd be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, well, fair it. enough. But they've only they were only nominated in I think two thousand like thirteen and two thousand fourteen and and once again like now so mm, seems that is kind of seems bizarre. way more recent. Uh, <laughs> you know, I did, just to clarify, I don't think you need ever. There's many reasons to get in. Like we, I, I talk about the Misfits. They had no fucking album sales, but their right. influence is massive. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so I do think there are different criterias and, and, and the Rock and Roll Hall has listed them. I mean, it's literally there. So I just I don't know. The spinners to me just seem like, yeah, those are those are classic timeless songs. And they're probably going to be sung by a bunch of people who've never heard it before around a piano in the next Top Gun sequel. <laughs> so are you putting them in then? I would not be mad if they got in. OK, but. Well, tell me something about a tribe called Quest, because I've heard the name and I'm honestly just drawing a blank on, you know, is it 80s? It's 90s, right? Um, I would say, yeah, like late, like early, early 90s, maybe even into the late 80s. But um, a tribe called Quest was, uh, you know, Q-Tip and okay. I was uh, trying to see here. Now that you ask me, I like, keep want to go. Actual, I, I want to go with like Quest Love, but I'm like I'm probably just hung up on the word Quest. Right? Yeah, because I know it's Q-Tip and it's uh, yeah, Q-Tip, Fife Dog, and um, it's mainly those two. It's Q-Tip and Fife Dog. Um, Q-Tip obviously went on to do some great solo stuff, and they, I, they're kind of like another one of those like you know they win they should be in the T-shirt Hall of Fame too because everybody has a, yeah. a, at one point a, a tribe called Quest T-shirt. I know that like they this is one of those where they had a huge influence on kind of that backpack rap era of just, you know, lo fi, uh, you know, finding old records and kind of rapping over them and just kind of more like grassroots hip hop. Um, but but yeah, I mean, but when you when you go into um, like the only song that if you're not a tribe called Quest fan, you might you might know, can I kick it? you know things like that uh i don't i don't know how much crossover they had like into the 
the world. And I know there's if someone is a Tribe Called Quest fan listening to me talk about Tribe Called Quest right now, they're pulling their hair out because I'm probably just downplaying <laughs> playing everything that they they did. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, when I I went back and and even when I clicked on like the most viewed songs, I was just like, I don't I don't know if I've heard this one either. Like, but uh, but my wife, she said that they should be in. So All right. whatever she says goes. Well, you know, I, I always look at it through the same scope, but, you know, I have to keep in mind that we've put people like Pat Benatar in. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, that's just the one that came to the top of my head. But so ideally, you just hear an artist like, like Willie Nelson, you go, well, how the fuck is he not already in? You know, and you'd like it to be that simple with everybody, but they are broadening this out and they, they have a show and tickets to sell. So. I don't know. I just don't know. This is not my my zone. Like I've I've said a couple times. So whatever, put them in. Fuck it. This was yeah. This was a your wife's recommendation is enough for me. Tell Melissa hi. This is like the opposite of of uh, like Missy Elliott and George Michael. Like this was I saw that a tribe called Quest is on the list. I'm like yeah, they should probably be in. Okay. But then like when I when I dove into the music, I'm like oh, I don't really <laughs> I don't really know the hits here. You know. So I'm like I'm all influence. Yeah, I know Q-tip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, what about the white stripes? Are you putting them in? Oh man, this was one where, like, if you told me this is like the Soundgarden thing, like, you know, Jack White should he be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yes. The White Stripes, maybe. Like, are you putting yeah. Meg White in too? You know, like, <laughs> can, we, uh, can we put him in? But you know, they, they, hey, look, they they put Kiss in, but didn't let a lot of the guys in. Maybe they just said, we're, we're putting in the White Stripes, but just Jack. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts? I mean, are you a Jack White guy? I mean, it seems like you probably love him because he has like a record plant in his backyard. But <laughs> yeah, all I do is listen to vinyl. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I literally put that whole thing together in my head just as you were saying it too, because I was probably because we, we just talked about the Soundgarden. But I was like, God, I think Jack White belongs in there. But I don't the White Stripes. But but how do you put him in without yeah. putting the White Stripes in? So I don't know. I just. Just a bit of a flash in the pan, I think. But he has just been, he's all, it's too bad he's not, like, didn't take the path that Beck did, where Beck's like, I'm just Beck. You know yeah. what I mean? And then, then you can just, like, look at everything by itself. I don't think the White Stripes go in. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I think back to the thing, I think that they probably do go in, but. Oh, I'm know. sorry. I wouldn't put them in. They, I actually, if we're making predictions, I, I'm putting them in. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about putting things in. Say goodbye to the days of the shirt tails flying in the wind and hello to a polished and put-together look with tucked-in shirts. Keep your look neat and tidy no matter how wild the day gets. No more fumbling with untucked shirts during important presentations or first dates. With tucked-in shirts, you'll always be the picture of professionalism and style. So go ahead, tuck it in, and, and own your look. But there's a disclaimer... Tucking in your shirt does not guarantee wild days, but it does guarantee you'll look good while tackling them. I I love all my tucked-in shirts. How about you? Um, I don't know the last time I tucked in a shirt was. Okay. I have not. I have not been on the kiss cruise. <laughs> it's uh, mandatory there. They they actually like as you board, they tuck your shirt in. Yeah. To your to your uh, cargo shorts. To your yeah, of course. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right, we only got one left. Warren Zavon. Uh, this no. one, you say no right away? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm with you. Uh, in Werewolves in London, I, 
I don't Werewolves know. Werewolves in London might be one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. I like the I Kid Rock ripoff of it better than his version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, because I saw the name and I'm like, uh, I was like, and I saw a few people saying, you know, he should be in or whatever. Then I opened it up. I was like, oh, God, he's the Werewolves in London guy. Like, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, I don't care if the rest of his catalog are all just jams. Like, you, you get left out in the cold because of werewolves in london ah, yeah he's uh he's definitely a distinctive cup of tea um his singing style i don't even know how to describe it it's almost like talking um now he was in um the hindu love gods as well a very forgotten band but notable in the sense that like they did a, a cover of prince's raspberry beret that i really enjoy is REM minus Michael Stipe. So it was basically uh, kind of like uh, when Pantera did that uh, record with uh, uh, what's David Allen Coe. Yeah, yeah, Rebel Meets Rebel. Man. There we go. I love that record, by the way. That's not bad. Some great dime playing on there. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. who. Someone came out and said that made a big stink about putting him in. Maybe Springsteen. I don't know. Whatever, man. Whatever. Uh, I, I think what, what kills me with him is like every Halloween you get like the Halloween channel when you're you know at the grocery store or something. And, yeah. And you're listening to, and you're listening to to the Monster Mash and whatnot, and then Werewolves in London comes on, and I'm like, if I never hear this song again, like like it almost makes me hate Halloween, and that's like one of my favorite holidays. Yeah. That and Thriller uh, at at at. at- Get, gets played a lot and i have issues with thriller because like you, you'll go to like a child's kind of setup for halloween and you're, you're cranking a song by a pedophile i yeah, think and I then think there's can... like that kirk cousin's kid there that you know with his shirt <laughs> off and it's just like all of your senses are just just tingling yeah. and you're like i can't handle all of this child pornography pedophilia running around at this party everybody out Baco triggers, yes, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I I'm, it's, it's, it's a tough burden to bear that I actually am offended so harsh against child pedophilia. Uh, it's, 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 it's a badge I, I, I probably wear. Uh, but yeah, Warren Zavon not getting in, and I'm yeah, with no. you. Stop playing this fucking song. Like I literally enjoy that Kid Rock song better that just uses that. Ding, 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 ding. I'm like, this is a much better use of this than what Warren Zavon did. And that song sucks. 
So did we? Uh, I don't. I don't even know if we have our five. Do we give a five or do we give like a? Oh fuck yeah! Well, we definitely didn't come to a consensus. Um, that's right. We got to pick down to five. If I'm going, my personal five. If I yeah. God, do I have to pick five? Because I'm literally like so. It's Willie Nelson, Soundgarden, um, Maiden. My I guess I got, I'll pick George Michael as a fourth, and then. Oh, fuck's sake, man. Uh, I guess I'm throwing in rage if I'm picking five. Yeah, I think between uh, your four plus either rage or the white stripes. Yeah, that's what I was down to, too. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll pick rage. Yeah. You know, maybe I should just mix it up. Fuck it. Throw in Missy Elliott because I said she doesn't belong. <laughs> <laughs> in the alternate universe, uh, Kate Bush, Joe Crow, Missy Elliott, Cindy Lauper, and the Spinners. So. Yeah. It was a little misogynistic, our picks, too. But, uh, you know what, women? Step your game up. Uh, if you want to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you got to do better than uh, Kate Bush, Missy Elliott, and Joe Crow. Yeah, they don't just let anybody in this thing. <laughs> or do they? Yeah, they pretty much do. So, anyway, uh, well, we'll talk again uh, uh, soon. I was well. We have the Super Bowl show coming up next week, but uh, we'll do this show in particular, hopefully next year. So, all right, buddy. Well, it's uh, of course. I don't think I even mentioned that you uh, host your own podcast. Something tells me people listen to the show are aware of it. But yeah, talk to me. Presented by Notfest. How do you want to say that? That sounds good to me. I like that. All right, there you go. Just uh, Google it if you haven't heard of it. Uh, Josh does amazing interviews. Uh, and him and I talk and text more than people know. So, I, I, as always, I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Rock is not dead. But it is going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, along with the Spinners. Why don't you throw in, throw in an ad? I was just about to. Okay. Well, why don't you, that, but it's my idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, everybody's coming at me lately. I. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.